Last time on Geek Force, the squad talked about episode four and five of Marvel's What If, and they happily reviewed and celebrated the theatrical release of Shang-Chi. Marlon discussed the Sony PlayStation Showcase, and we discussed things like God of War, Ragnarok, Spider-Man 2, and Star Wars, and many, many more, but tune in today and see what we're talking about now on Geek Force. Welcome to Geek Force, the show where pop culture rules all. I'm your host, Kat. With me today is the lovely G-Squad of Amy, Ray, and Marlon. Welcome back, you guys, to a brand new episode. Hello, hello, How's everyone hello. feeling? Okay. Oh, fantastic. Joyous. Okay, I'm Goodness, scared now. All these what? things. <laughs> Joyous. Joyous. <laughs> you anyway um yeah so we have we have some things to talk about today let's let's get started so continuing our marvel's what if recap we are now on episode six episode six yes and this episode for me was probably the most original story like i just didn't know where this was gonna go but i love the ride of just seeing how everything was gonna unfold I can't remember the title, but it was like, what if Killmonger saved Tony Stark? Was that it? That is absolutely true. That's the entire thing. That's what started everything. (laughs) That's verbatim the title of the episode. (laughs) I was like, something, something. Okay. Um, With it, it, again, it kind of starts where Iron Man, the movie started when Tony was in the Middle East before that big explosion and he got kidnapped. But it's before he got kidnapped. But can I say, though, it was yes. really great that it was in Afghanistan. It was like a real callback of like, yeah, we were here. Yeah, we still true. Fucked, we fucked up. up. We, like, we still fucked that up. And just, we still it's like, fucked just that up. Just a reminder. We fucked that up. We trash. We still American we trash. trash. <sighs> yeah. And then Tony was just this was back when we were. I was just like, I don't know about this Tony Stark. But, you know, that was 2008. Um, no gang signs. No gang signs. <laughs> no gang signs. That Tony Stark. Um, so, before he even got kidnapped in this episode, or this timeline, Killmonger comes out of nowhere? Can I just say that was so random? <laughs> like, where well, the hell did he come from? <laughs> in his own words, he said that he was tracking Tony Stark because he had under, because he had investigated that the Ten Rings were going to potentially kidnap him. So, in this universe... He had a different plan. That plan involved Tony Stark. So he was like, I'm just going to follow this man and rescue him. So he was like, I'm, I'm tied. I'm tapped in deep into the like all the things here. So that was like why he was there. True. It really was. Mm. I was like. Mm. <laughs> that was good placement by Marvel. Mm-hmm. Knowing that the movie just came out in case people didn't know what team, what they were at all. You saw Shang-Chi? Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's why, Ray. That's why they were really like persistent in putting that movie out where it was supposed yeah. to come out for this, this one episode. Yeah, this this wasn't like Black Widow. This like, no, this is important. This has to be released on time. Ouch. Ouch. Episode, I mean, episode six. Like... Let's keep it real, though. Let's keep it real. Disney was like, this can come out at any point in time. Like, we could... We, we, it's fine. We'll get there. Shang-Chi, like, no, no, no. This has to come out before we drop this episode of What If. Like, this needs to be, mm-hmm. a, this has to fall the entire timeline. Black Widow, we'll get to it when we get to it. <laughs> oh, poor Scar Anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, so 
to see the like the minute Killmonger saves Tony Stark, we're in for the ride for our lives because in that literally one of there's so many good scenes. Like one of my favorite scenes right after that is when they have their like TV press thing and you know Tony's like commenting on the whole ordeal, and then um you know Killmonger basically just blurs out the truth of why he was there, what he was doing, and Obadiah he outed Obadiah, and I was just like. Damn! And then the villain's gone. I was like, "Wow, we just we just ended Iron Man movie in five minutes." Okay, <laughs> wrap that entire thread up within like five minutes. He's the bad guy. Movie over. Movie over. I was like, <laughs> "Into yeah. the real bad guy." A real villain only could do that. And so um, then you know, Tony's all like, "Oh, I like him. You know, I'm I'm gonna make him be my friend." And you know, because Killmonger has a very uh, techie background and he's charismatic they bonded over science and 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 you know being losing the father figure of their lives all that stuff you know and you know you can see how killmonger was sliding little ideas in his head like oh yeah i've always wanted to build this this was my dream you know i did a report on it in college i was like you gonna fall for this tony you gonna tony's like let's build it I got the money. Let's go. I was like, this this is turning into, <laughs> I don't even know. It reminded me of a movie I saw on BET one time. It was turning into that. I was like, you just going to fall for that? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so once they became basically besties and mm-hmm. kind of like grew together and created friendship over geeky tech things and how he basically wanted to build like a Gundam thing and Tony was like really Gundam and <laughs> Michael B. Jordan had to do the whole hey I like anime and I was like, like really he had to say that line really okay um but yeah that's why he wanted it, his little destroyer thing to look like because his dream was why do we need to let people die we can just have robots do that job which kind of tied into, and remember, so it kind of goes into, remember, this is Tony Stark pre-Iron Man, uh, <clears throat> back when he was just like, efficiency, the reason why he made those weapons, so that, you know, they didn't have any, America didn't have any crappy weapons. It kind of lined up with what his vision was, and Killmonger knew that. So that's why Tony's like, you got the plans? Oh, you did this? And, and you know, Killmonger's like, this was my project in college. Tony's like, I got you, fam. Let's build these Gundam things and fulfill your dream. And Killmonger's in the back just smirking. And I was like, this is a this is already a disaster. This is how, you know? And then they kind of just get into, we need a material that's great and strong for this. And I like how he waited. He waited for Tony to be like, you know, his thing. And then he's like, vibranium. And then they're like, how'd you get that? I had it. I was like, this is... Every time Kilmerger just said something, it was just getting worse. I was getting like really anxious. And then when um when Pepper actually was like, yo, I'm not feeling Kilmonger. I'm gonna go ask Rody, aka the other black dude, because he's gonna have a radar to see if he's legit. <laughs> see if he's legit. And Rody's like, well, he doesn't like a pretty bad guy to me, you know? He, he, everything that we're looking for. Um, I was like, this is this this is ominous. Like I knew something was gonna happen to Rhodey when when he said that. And eventually that led to a sting. 
which I was really happy to see any circus uh, come back to do the voice of Claw because I didn't think they were going to actually get him to be on here because he's a busy man. They actually brought him back and um, he was basically holding the vibranium and it was a horrible exchange which got Rhodey killed and T'Challa. T'Challa showed up for like two seconds said some words and Killmonger killed him and then that's when I was like should I keep watching like <laughs> I was really sad I, I was like hold up Killmonger just real. he just he said cuz killed him I was like this is too cold blooded for me um and then after that, Killmonger just became like a hero. He got his little robots. He was like, he, he purposely set up so it looked like Wakanda was trying to get revenge. So it was going to be Wakanda versus America. And the fact that he set that up, but then still slipped into Wakanda and was like, yeah, like, you know who killed your son? It was actually Claw, and he kill, he had killed Claw previously before he like this is too much. Um, I forget T'Challa's dad's name, but he was all like, "Welcome, you know, welcome, yes, welcome." You know, your family, whatever you need, everything. This was back when, and I forgot Angela Bass's character name, but this is when she was back. Queen Ramonda. Yeah, she was back. Um, fighting and stuff. Shuri was like little girl, like. This is such a long time ago. And the fact that they just welcome um, Killmonger like he was family. And I was hoping maybe the wholesomeness will maybe chill him out. But this man is a villain. He's greedy. He wanted more. So he set it up to uh, make, I mean, like, by then, America sending his own drone or his own little robots to Wakanda. And they come over was like hey we let them do the shields they can't get uh they can't get signals because nobody knows where we are they did that and basically Killmonger got his toys back and then they were like yay this is awesome but just to make it more extra because Killmonger just can't stop I'm going to turn these robots back on and then I'm going to show y'all how badass I am on the field saving people's lives and then uh, that was the deal. They were like, we have to make him Black Panther. I was like, this. <laughs> he was looking so Vegeta during all of that. Like he had, Thank you. Thank he you. He had yes. the, blue, <laughs> the blue arms. He had the armor piece on. That like, he did. He just needed a scouter and he was going to shoot right did. in the episode of Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this time on the next one. He can say, what kind of forever? It sounded so weird out of his it mouth. Did. I was just like. You're fake, and we can hear it in your voice. Like, you're not about this life. But Mm -hmm. um, the scene where they were, you know, they gave him the special herb. This is the herb that's going to turn you into Black Panther. I was like, okay, I'm waiting for this scene. Because you're going to get, you're going to get a rude awakening. And the minute, you know, he reached that other plane, T'Challa told him what's up, you know? But being how Eric is, he he want to listen to only what he, he can hear, you know? And his plans were just so much more, and it was building up to be more. But um, I was I was just like, how's this going to end? And then towards the end where um, Pepper was just like, 
I don't even know. Like, I, I, I work for the wrong person. Like, I work for General Ross. Now. Like, she was just like, I'm done with everything. And then Shuri shows up. This is when I started clapping in my room. I was like, do not fuck with Shuri. No matter what show she's in, she is going to come through. And she was like, yeah, so I have some receipts about Killmonger. I never really trusted him. Here you go. Do what you will. Let's, let's come up with a plan to stop him. And then the show ended. And I was like... I need an episode. I need a part two. So I'm kind of hoping this will be part two for season two. I don't know. Um, there was that was just a roller coaster of emotions for me, but I enjoyed it. I don't know mm-hmm. how you guys felt about the episode, but no. yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was really good in terms of how they allowed Killmonger's previous plans to play out. And I think it played out better in this specific what if scenario because it happens earlier, you know, in the Black Panther, his scenario didn't play out that well because, you know, he tried to do it with just having uh, he was his claw as his ally. But because he started earlier with Tony Stark, you kind of get he has the opportunity to have his hands in more pots to manipulate more people. And I think what was really great was the fact that they tried to well, they, 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 they did. They allowed his character to almost be seen as kind of like the opposite of Tony Stark. You know, they definitely gave us a whole backstory. Well, we both have a similar backstory, but. Even fast forward, you know, in, into the film when Tony, when Killmonger is killing Tony Stark, he tells him, you can't see the difference between us because you can't see the difference between us. Hinting the fact that you're like, your Damn. privilege will not allow you to see that we are two vastly different people. You were only seeing the surface of, oh, we both lost our dad. It's like, yeah, that's surface level like below the surface we are not the same individuals and i think it, it, it allowed us to kind of see more of who uh killmonger was how smart he is how how able he is to like kind of read the field he's fully aware of like great these resources put in this way are going to give this person this false sense of security i mean and and bl- in Black Panther, the soundtrack, one of the lyrics is, you know, you poison a man's heart with a gift. And so Eric Killmonger was poisoning Tony Stark with a friendship early on. We were that at that point in Tony Stark's you know, history because he didn't go down the path of being a sacrificial hero of like putting others for himself. He was still selfish in that earlier stage. So he was a lot more easy to manipulate. Great, you're my friend. You saved me. He gave uh, Eric Killmonger the promotion over Happy Hogan. Uh, he put all of it on the lot of great you're my friend we have so much connecting together because that was that first tony stark that first movie like he's an excitable uh man like great like everything excites me technology excites me you and i speak the exact same language we're going to be tight and i love they allowed us to kind of see that they allowed us to see him uh still have his plan be like 10 steps ahead of tony stark like 10 steps ahead of the entire time even when he does the bust with uh claw and ultimately kills uh, T'Challa, he does so with the plan already set up. Like, great, you're going to be here. I'm going to leak this information to uh, the Wakandan guard through Claw. What I found interesting in that is the fact that because this happens, you know, several years earlier, this is like Iron Man 1, that we see T'Challa, not T'Chaka, as Black Panther. Because you would think that if this is earlier, 
um, then maybe T'Challa would be too young and it'd be T'Chaka as Black Panther. I'm really surprised that they uh, kept T'Chaka and T'Challa the exact same age, but lowered Shuri's age. That was surprising. So they didn't at least give us a T'Chaka Black Panther. And then maybe we have uh, T'Chaka get killed and then Eric and Black and T'Challa are friends at that point. That would have been a, a far more interesting thing of like, great, if T'Chaka's killed earlier. But then of course we know that, you know, T'Challa would still be Black Panther. So I'm going to say, probably tried to write that out so they kind of just fudge the ages a year with those two but i think that would have been far more interesting but i do that we of course get more of these hints of racism within this episode you get it with the ambivalence of tony stark you get it a lot more they allow claw to have his scene of being like they're savages when describing the wakandans which i mean i get where they're going but it very out of character for someone who's fully aware that there exists a hyper technologically advanced country. And he's like, they're savage. It's like, you know that they have flying cars and flying buildings and have like solved cold fusion energy. Like, I don't think this applies to them. But of course, they were kind of, you know, really trying to jam across this whole like racism thing, which they had to because they really want to give Eric Killmonger, you know, that kind of like, uh, writing of like great his entire motivations are true so we of course get that scene we kills uh claw because great like you know like we're not savages you know we're all going to save the world and whatnot um i love that we get a chance to see queen ramanda almost like from like the Tanahasi Coates comic book step into her role as a warrior, which she was before she married T'Chaka. They were, you know, both really powerful warriors, and she is a general of that army. So it's great to see that. But we we also got a chance to see, you know, him just fully understand uh, the pieces at play, how to work them. And it was really fantastic to see it work the way it worked out. He still gets his goal of wanting to put technology in the hands of others. And now he's in a position to do that because now they're at war with America. Uh, and now he gets to play uh, this, this card of we're a technological country that's being attacked by a superpower. And he now has a lot stronger foothold in those channels that he has from when he was a really like deep undercover agent in the government. He knows who to go to and now if we were to see a part two we would most likely see him ally himself with individuals in other countries that would help him almost circumvent uh the the, the pretty much all the superpowers so we'd see him kind of get his own allies within the world maybe even better than the ten rings who knows they have a, a much higher backer and someone who's a, a far more uh technological like mastermind and manipulator but it's fascinating and it almost reminded me of this Ta-Nehisi Coates run where T'Challa's fighting this uh, shaman who also has just like otherworldly connections that tie out into the world, which cause effects outside of Wakanda that put pressures on Wakanda to figure out what they can do, not only at home, but abroad, which causes like a whole political like upheaval in that in that entire world. So this is fascinating. I loved it. I love how it ended. Um, Shuri definitely is going to help out with Pepper Potts, but now we're in a world where there is no Iron Man Mach 3, there is no no, uh, vision. We don't have that tech prowess that is gonna help them fight back. We no longer have that. We of course have some of the Avengers, but now you don't have that uh, that financial backer and that mastermind behind all their tech. So it's gonna be interesting to see if they were to do a part two, how would that work out when all the, when like, I think maybe they'd have to bring in a Mr. Fantastic, 
in order to kind of like equate that that Ooh. gap in the world, but without Tony Stark in the MCU at that point in history, uh, there definitely is uh, a power gap, and it definitely is going to be leaning more towards Killmonger's favor. Damn. I, I saved the deaths for last because I wanted to be like, how many people did Killmonger kill in this episode? Because <laughs> it was just so seamlessly and just so quick. Um, like, <laughs> he killed everybody. Or at least the, everyone he, every almost every man that he spoke in with that was like a main character on the MCU died. <laughs> And mm-hmm. I was just like, if this was just one episode, what else could he achieve? Like, if this timeline continued, knowing mm-hmm. that, you know, Tony's not there. And this was back in like 2008, 2009. Um, really? Who who else would he just be facing and just kicking out the way? So many. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, we, like hmm. if Thanos still came down, because that's I feel like that's an absolute point. Thanos will still be showing up. How would Killmonger handle that? Well, if we were to kind of like backtrack and look at like what would happen, so Zoom Tony Stark, which means there's no one to take out the Mind Stone from the staff, potentially speaking. Um, Loki might still have it, so he probably would still have to go to Asgard. I don't, I mean, I feel like he wouldn't come to Earth then. I feel like he would still probably just be handling his business on another planet, and then Earth would probably have a snap happen. They'd be like, what's going on? And would kind of like be collateral damage and like wouldn't necessarily be involved. I mean, unless, I guess the only reason he would have to come to Earth would be to fight Doctor Strange. But, uh, But then at that point, it would be like, would Eric Killmonger care about what's <laughs> happening in new york city at the uh sanctorum enough to like right. get involved and probably not it's just so exciting and i just being tied down to one episode is not enough i just i want to see what that would have happened with again it kind of reminded me of like if there was no avengers if there was no Avengers um, in the Nick Fury episode and how that played out, you know? So I don't know. So again, Kim Walker did the most. Um, I want to see part two. So Marvel Disney, if you hear me, please make part two of this episode. And um, I'm very nervous for next week. I have not seen any. I don't know what next week's about. Marlon, do you know what next week's about? Or this Here's the about? amazing thing, and everyone on the internet's talking about it. They typically post what the next episode's going to be about. They have not given any description what this next episode's going to be about. And people are wondering if that's going to be the trend for these last few episodes. Oh. Because all we, have, all we have so far, though, is the cast list. We have T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman, Okoye, we have Steve Rogers, we have Clint Barton, Bucky Barnes, Tony Stark. That is just the lineup for this episode. That's all we have. So it involves them so far. There's no other like synopsis. Mm. There's not even a photo on IMDb. And IMDb typically posts like a photo, like a photo of like the what if episode. It is blank. So you're gonna have to wait to see what's gonna happen. But yeah, so basically like they have like they have the entire crew there. Of course. 
there's no Chris Evans, there's no Robert Downey Jr., but they have everyone else playing their roles coming back, but there's just no plot or synopsis for it. Everyone's kind of like, oh, what's this going to be? Because they did do a great trailer that just showed like a bunch of episodes recently of like, we still got a couple months ago. Here's like a trailer of that. Mm-hmm. So folks are wondering, is it going to be the episode where like everyone showed up for something? Because I think there was a trailer that had like Thor and Gamora in it. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole lot of like talk like what's this going to be but so far there's no talk it's up in the air and it's going to be very interesting hmm. oh I'm nervous for Wednesday I can't wait for Wednesday. Wednesday and with that we're going to go to a place I don't want to go to but what? it was news and I had to say something Amy knew I had to say something because well, if there's some things on the show that I cannot stand and rent five hours on. Sprite? She knew. Yes. So one of the things is bright. I didn't say what no five hours. I do I want to no stop f- you, Kat, because this is important okay. to name. Okay. Before you talk about bright and and like and we oh, both no. have the same opinion. I want to name this, and it's oh, like God. really frustrating. Bright has a Rotten Tomato audience score of eighty three percent. Shut. Uh, it's almost fresh, so I just want you to know that. Shut. <laughs> now Wait, the critics gave it twenty-seven percent. No, this is it. This is the the Will Smith Bright from twenty seventeen okay. has oh, a tomato gosh. score of twenty-seven percent by most critics, but the no. audience gave it a a culmination of eighty-three percent. All I'm gonna say for reference. Remember when we were talking about Mortal Kombat? Remember when we were talking about Justice League? Mm-hmm, were mm-hmm. they around the same score, apparently? Uh, I'd have to check, but I know it has like a 29% on Metacritic as well. Um, so that's, oh. you know. But let's see. Mortal Kombat. Let's see. What did Mortal Kombat you? I just, I just want some reference for me and the listeners. Or for me, mostly. Because I just I remember we talked about these scores between IGN scores and scores of Rotten Tomatoes. It's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of hard. So, uh, Rotten Tomatoes has a, sorry, Mortal Kombat has a 44% on Metacritic and it has a 86% audience rating. Hmm. Mortal is Kombat that, was is that better the thing than you were nervous about telling us? Or is this, that's oh, no, no, no. That's coming later. Oh, okay. you, you, you're going to wait for that. <laughs> Please continue, Kat, to brace myself against my table. Oh, you got to wait for the remainder of this episode. Fantastic. Where's my CBD? Where's my brain? Bright Bright is basically, Bright had a great idea. I will name that right now. It was a great idea. (laughs) You made it funny. Sorry. Hey, I'll I'll give him that. What if the token verse existed during modern time? What if there were orcs and elves and all the little fantasy things and humans and it was like 2009? Like, what if? That was a fun idea. And like, I had an interesting idea on like, what if people just didn't like orcs because like historically they're kind of evil? What made it a bad idea was they decided, great, the orcs are just going to be every minority race. As opposed to having their own distinctive culture. No, they're, they're, they're going to take on African-American tropes. They're going to take on Latinx tropes. They're just going to be like minorities. But what makes it worse is that the minorities still exist in that world alongside them. So it's like you're just being us, but you have green skin. Like you're wearing like... <laughs> 
you're wearing like long like jerseys and chains you got backwards haps and do-rags and it's like we you know black people exist in this world too right like you don't have to give them black tropes. You can just make them orcs who just behave like orcs, maybe. But it's like, no, 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 we, we really want to take on race and race relations. So we're just going to make them every minority stereotype ever. And then they were heavy-handed with it. Like, they had, like, ooh, the orcs had their own civil rights movement. It's like, y'all are making this real, like, hard to enjoy this film because you're doing too much with it. Like, you took a, an interesting idea and you just, like, were like, I've taken a you know civil rights history course before in college i mean one semester but i got enough out of it and it's like great i'm gonna make a film about this and just like just didn't take any other context just like no 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 minorities are treated differently but what if they were all the minorities and we're just gonna focus on that these are the same people that brought mlk into fort fortnite as long as i'm saying (laughs) not the same people but the same minded people same Same mindset same mindset in order to save themselves from what would seem to be a very racist film they got none other than everyone's favorite other than every white person's favorite black person will smith and i was like no 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 we got will smith we're okay and they gave Will Smith, and they basically made Will Smith, I'm, I'm going to say it, they made his character, his character must have been white in writing, and it just gave it to a black person, because all his dialogue is just problematic. It's like, you are a black man who is saying, fairy lives don't matter, off, off the rip. Just like, fairy lives don't matter. And then two, you're being just so just derogatory and prejudiced, like heavily to this orc. And it's like, cool. Is there any other character trait that you have other than being prejudiced and like, let's just call it like just xenophobic at all. And it's like, no, this literally, if you just put, what was the guy's name? Like it was um, the, the, the guy who played the orc was uh, Joel Edgerton. If you switched yes. Joel Edgerton and Will Smith and made Will Smith the orc and Joel like the cop, this would have been a hard film to watch of this white cop being just overtly racist to this orc and it's like no no we're gonna make it cool we're gonna make the black guy like the racist and it's like this is this 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 doesn't help your film the film looked interesting but like top to bottom terrible like it was full of so many just like thug tropes and they tried to shoehorn in fantasy fantasy and it just was bad it was it was literally fan it was token Training day is what it was. <laughs> training day. I am offended Damn. to the highest. <laughs> but you're never like, wrong. Me, me, Sauron ain't got shit on me. It was terrible. It was a terrible film. It was a terrible. Wait, film. was that a line? That was not yes. a line. But I feel like that it line would have been a fit. line in It would have fit. It would have fit. It would have fit. It should have. And I feel like what made it worse is that in Bright there was a a story that would have been a better film. In that story, they described uh, like all the races of man, elves and dwarves and orcs coming together to fight these like dragon people. And I'm like, that would have been a cool story. Like, and that could have at least given us this whole thing of like, great, the orcs decide to side with you. Like we could have gotten that as opposed to like, what if they lived in South Central LA and they like rode, uh, <laughs> and they rode like bouncing cars with spinning rims and had grills and listened to Chingy and 50 Cent and like hung out outside of the bodega. And it's like, you threw in every just negative stereotype on these orcs and had the nerve to just include every other minority in this film it's like these are us these orcs are us 
It was bad. <sighs> I then they gave know. them gangs, and it's like, ah, oh, we yeah. get it. This is supposed to be a film about race relations. This is too shoehorned. This is too much. I'll try and way too hard. This, this is bad. I do want to say that the person that made or directed, I don't know if he's executive producer, but David, I, David Iyer, who actually worked on the David first Suicide Squad. Iyer. Mm-hmm. And um, again, that was another movie I could not finish or watch. After watching two minutes, I was like, I'm not watching this movie. Will Smith was also in this movie, too. They had the same type of tone where let's let's just be like I don't I can't even describe his humor, but it had that type of humor that was shown in this uh in Bright that I just it disgusts me. Like I just can't get into it. And to hear that people were like, I like this movie. It really brought some good stuff. And I'm just That's like, were you watching the same thing? Like it was just the fact that I got through this whole movie, it was really hard. Like I was I had to take so many breaks. Um and again, it had a great story in the middle of this movie where something about it was like a fantasy lore thing where we have to find someone to fight the whatever. I want to learn more, but no, we're too busy doing a ride along with you know, being racist to each other and right like I'm no, okay. That's, I wasn't What makes I'm it worse, Kat, is that David Iyer notoriously only does cop films he did swat street kings uh he did end of watch the tax collector these are all like and tax like collector is another day movie movies and that got a lot of racism the talk. theme is that they're all terrible and what's important to know cat is that we, we talked about training day david Iyer was the writer and co-producer of training day so he's been chasing that high with every following film that is about the exact same thing. Oh, there's I crime am. in the streets. Of oh, course. there are minorities who are dangerous. We got to kill them and solve crimes. And it's like every film you do has a, and mind you, all his films about this are all like not great. Like 52% for SWAT, 58% with Street Kings. What's crazy about Street Kings is the roster of people. Keanu Reeves, Forrest Whitaker, yep. Hugh Laurie, yep. Chris Evans, mm-hmm. Cedric the Entertainer. All his films after Training Day about like gangster stuff does not go great. Like Bright surprisingly has a higher score than Suicide Squad. Yeah. Suicide Squad has a 59% from an audience score and Bright has the 80%. So it's like Bright was his like one like, you did good, kid. And it's like, no, he did. No, he did. Well, Marlon, we were wrong because apparently he did. Because this is, this is why, we, why are we, we even talking about this? Because apparently... There's a need. I'm trying to exists. see where it even started. So next month in October, October 12th. there's going to be... A spinoff movie of Bright called mm-hmm. Bright Samurai Soul. And it's going to be on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But unlike the original, this is actually an anime. Mm-hmm. And it's going to have the characteristics of a Japanese wood brick art print with 3D CG technology. If you don't know what the hell I just said, just Google the trailer of Bright Samurai Soul <sighs> and watch it on, it and watch the trailer on Netflix. I don't know about the animation. That's whatever. The trailer does not look good. It takes place in Japan. So it's not in South Central LA. Mm -hmm. There's no Will Smith. There's no cops. But there's a one-eye Ronin Ronin, um, that is voiced by uh, Simu Lu. 
you know, that's that was my Shang-Chi. surprise is that Shang-Chi is going to be voicing the one I <laughs> wrote it. And I was like, Simu, no, they got you. Yep. They got Simu. Well, it's probably because he's uh, on Netflix. He, yeah, he was he, on that when convenience you, store. When you're on that Netflix contract, you, you get, get you, you get pegged for a lot of other projects. You get picked for a lot of other projects. Yeah. And this was probably like a few years ago too. But his Asian before, gave him the worst one. Know, whatever. Um, we need an Asian. Where's our where's our cast list? <laughs> we Asian need gave him the worst film. Because it does look interesting because it says so he's our one eye Ronin. Then we have an orc thief named Raiden, played by Fred Mancuso. And mm-hmm. an elf girl named Sonya, which is played Sonya. by y- y- Yuzu Hurata. These three are <laughs> trying to keep a magic wand out of some bad guys' hands who are trying to bring back the Dark Lord. Sounds like a Harry Potter plot. I know. Well, that I'm was sorry. The They're one, trying to Kat. bring back what with what? It sounds like a, it's like if you put Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings on this weird like, cross-section. Of the that universe. literally is a plot of the first one where there's an elf girl who has a wand yep. and there's a cult trying to bring back the Dark One. <laughs> And they're literally just recycling the entire plot, but now it's like in feudal but it Japan. Might be a prequel, Mar- Marlon. I mean, it hasn't been confirmed, but it might be a prequel, or this is happening in another dimension at the same time. We don't know. I'm trying to just multiverse rationalize. This is a fucking right. multiverse I'm situation. I'm trying to rationalize it because it literally is the the the, 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 the part, the story that we liked in Bright. This is basically the story, but it's in Japan with more fantasy spin-off. characters. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a spin-off. Mind you, there is a like, sequel in the works, though. So. <laughs> just know that you did Wait, say that and i i i rebuked that like i don't there's know there's a sequel in the works Wait, was that um, the thing or is that something else well, no, no, that's a, they're making a, a sequel to write the movie oh, the thing that he was gonna drop on us what oh, no, was the thing simu lu was that i was like they got oh, simu they okay. got my boy in here this is terrible but no this is a spinoff of the original uh but they're still working on Bright 2. And no word on if they're going to bring back the original cast or not, but it's in the works. And they literally list Bright as one of, like, the great success stories for original content on Netflix. Yep. Yep. That's so interesting. Um, They're really hoping um, because with the Bright movie, um, Joel Edgerton didn't like that uh, some critics or highbrow critics couldn't really get into the movie so now they're trying to be like well if you couldn't get into the movie maybe you get into the anime you know we kind of simplified it and made it pretty and I'm like it's a damn story it's a bad film and you know how Netflix feels about their anime. They're they're doing they're getting a lot of people drawn in and mm-hmm. into their Netflix animated shows. So I think from a marketing standpoint, it's smart. I get it. I understand why they did that because it's like, oh, Bright did really well. We're into anime. We're gonna put it together. And now we have this that's coming out on October twelfth. So I don't know. I mean, I probably will watch it, but I'm not gonna have fun. Um, I mean, I do want to say that so far, the Bright cast list consists of just two people. The Bright 2 cast list consists of just two people right now, because it's in the works, but only two people are signed on to Bright 2. That's Will Smith and Jill Edgerton. (laughs) They're coming back for more? Yep, and they're literally calling it Will Smith's Bright 2. (laughs) 
Stop! Can... We're putting his name all okay. on. This is. <laughs> How about this? How about this? I will make y'all a video of just this segment, and you guys can tweet it out, Instagram it to him. So we'll just don't do it. Just you know don't what? I'm do not. Wilson can do okay. whatever he wants because he he has that life. He's not gonna listen to a little black girl like me. He's gonna be like, you never know. You're crazy. You never know. No, it's fine. You know, I I rather reach out to his wife and be like, "Can I be on the red table to talk hey, about Jim. why your husband's movie gave me so much trauma?" Because I'm I'm into fantasy, and that <laughs> movie. Need to come to the red table. To I need therapy. Your husband, Dana, yeah, this is right. therapy, right? This is therapy. Help me out. You know. <laughs> I mean, we'll. I mean, I think it's disappointing because I feel like I feel like he must know this film was bad, but again. It is almost it, it is it's in the eighties of, of of being fresh like it's and I think it's one of those shows where Netflix fully intends on people just hate watching it to like like this is a bad movie which still helps them and I think that's what they're banking this like the first one had a storm of like articles being like this movie is terrible it's tone deaf the stars were like oh you don't understand it or. We were doing this thing, and it's not lowbrow. We had a really important message behind it. You don't understand it. Like, they're fully hoping that that kind of engagement happens again. And what I think is going to happen is it's still going to be bad because no sequel uh, is good. I mean, there's like a very, there's a, there's a good list of sequels that are good, but I feel like in general, sequels are pretty, you know, so so. This film was so bad, the sequel cannot be any better. It's going to be just as bad or potentially what I'm fully calling now worse. Because where do you go from this? Where do you well, do? You, 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 um, you can't change anything because you put your whole you, you put your whole elbow into this of like, no, 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 we're sticking with it. Like, this is our world. So it's like if you change anything, we're like, oh, it seems you've made the orcs less uh, minority based this time around. So obviously you are aware that you made a mistake and now right. we're going to call you out. And so now they got to double down on the minority tropes like no no we don't see anything wrong with this we're gonna give them more minority traits we're gonna fully like go into this we're gonna make an orc rap album and just like yeah this is what we're going for ah, what year was this released again the first one 2017 2017 it's just a little over four years ago it was literally four years Never ago Never mind. that's crazy I, I retract my thought forget it, it <laughs> what were you thinking it, I mean that it was just I don't the it wasn't now when it was. Oh it was no no it was not that long. It's quite now. Never mind. <laughs> I don't know, Marlon, if it can be worse because oh, the stuff that I didn't like was modern day stuff. But now that we're in Japan and it's not. Oh the, the anime. The anime I think has the benefit of oh, it you're being talking about so bright too. Bright oh, okay. too. I'm talking about the anime like, has the benefit of, has of again of it being animated. But I also think that it is going to run into the problem of like, do we have a plot that is compelling, or is this just like a copy paste plot? And if so, also is our, our art style good? I know that like they have uh, an awesome. They have an awesome crew. They have uh, Mishiko Yakote who worked on Cowboy Bebop and Prison School. And they also got a, a lot of folks who did a lot of great work with anime. But it's also like but. those animes are like Cowboy Bebop is legendary in and of itself. Not only because of the art, but the soundtrack and the plot. So is is Bright Soul going to 
be that? Or are you, or is someone like Amy going to hear, oh, we got to get the wand to bring back the dark one and be like, this this is like, are they trying to do token? Like, are they trying to bring back like Sauron? Like, what is this world? Like, what is happening? Wands? Elder one. Like, again, when they told us this in Bright, the first one we, I was like, this is stupid. Because they were like, wands are almost uh, extinct and they're super dangerous and they're illegal. And then these elves show up and they're like, there's one wand that exists and we gotta find it because so only bad. certain elves can use wands because they're super powerful. They're like having right. a 10 times nuclear bomb. We gotta find it. And this little girl's like running around, they're trying to capture me because only I can use the wand to summon the dark one. And it's like, this is stupid. So All of this is just dumb. You, you know, if if we ever get big enough where we're like like uh, uh, paid by YouTube to do this, I really want. I, I would really like for us to do like the that thing where um, that that old ass show would watch an old movie and then the, the people in the front would just talk about it. Mystery. I, Mystery yeah, I really want this to be I've the first episode of that for Geek That's Wars. my dream job. Because I'm just like, I'm, I'm, like Marlon, I'm like, I feel like Marlon has a whole like inner dialogue of what he could be sprouting off at the screen. I mean, we'll see. Yes. I think the crew they have to write this anime is good. However, I'm not sure if they're tied to the rules of the world heavily. Like the crew they have is fantastic. Everyone on it who's writing or directing it have ties to other great shows. Like, I'm gonna see what happens. Like, Homeboy, like, Mashiko, like, she, like, worked with Cowboy Bob and she's writing a script. And I'm not sure if they're gonna be like, great, here are the parameters. You have to do this and you have to do that. Or if it's like, great, go for it. And I feel like it's going to be like, great, we brought you on. Here are some of our ideas. Work around them because we have a universe that we have in mind. And you are expected to write a script with those rules in mind. So I feel like that's going to hamstring this project. And again, I've already seen like the trailer and I don't... Like the animation looks great, but it also looks really clunky when it's like fighting scenes. It's like, very clunky. It looks really rough when they're moving at and they're fighting and things. And I'm not sure how it's going to translate, uh, but it's going to be bad. If I could illegally watch it and not get a virus, or potentially I would absolutely illegally watch this film. It's be viewers on out there, it's on Netflix. I'm not, <laughs> it's on Netflix. Not, again, I don't want to give them the viewership though. So viewers, I'm not advocating yeah. that you illegally watch these films to not give it the like viewership. Extra hard to watch a thing on Netflix. Here's the thing: I you don't, don't want them the to give them the viewership. I don't want to give but, them the benefit of me clicking play. I don't want that. So I'm not advocating of the use of torrents or pirates of the bay. But if there is a way I could watch this <laughs> and not give them my viewership, I would absolutely do so because I feel like that just helps them more like oh 20 million people watch and no one's asking like hey of those 20 million how many liked it oh one no so, oh, no 20 million people tuned in this is fantastic is, is what the words are going to be like we had a, a great opening weekend despite the articles that came out of like this movie's bad like they didn't mind they, they, they only focus on like we had this many people watch it and they watched it and that was the end of their statement <laughs> It wasn't they liked it. It was like, oh, they all watched it. So they they all watched it. Marla's going to have to find that guy that sells DVDs on the corner on BART. Like, that's, that's going to have gonna to be the way to see it. I'm going to go to the barbershop and find that guy. Like, yo, man, do you yeah, got that right? Samurai Soul? <laughs> they probably will have it. 
They have everything. Do they have a release date for the 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 sequel? Uh, the sequel? No. Uh, they're still working on it so far. Um, but so you do anime... not recommend me watching the first one. If you want to watch it and fully understand where our hatred of this film comes from, I would recommend it. I just feel like if you are someone that enjoys like Lord of the Rings, you are going to have a hard time watching this film. Or if you like good movies, you're going to have a horrible time watching this movie, period. Sorry, yes. Let's just scale it back to like, if you like movies, you're not going to like it. I, I apologize. If it's worse than the than the 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 James James Han movie that just came out. What Which James J- Han movie? The, Malignant. the man, I have man. not seen Malignant. I feel like all the good jump scares like are in the trailer. Would you like to share why or no? Do you, do you want to wrap up your your bright? Yeah, I'm done. That- You're done. Okay, bright. Ne- the bright anime Samurai Soul comes out Netflix on October twelfth. Uh, may the odds be ever in your favor <laughs> if you watch it. How will Marlon watch? How will Marlon watch? I mean, I'll probably watch it because <laughs> I know I know my you if you don't watch ne- it, Marlon. <laughs> Wait, no, my Netflix it's to knows know this. me. My Netflix is like, know. recommend this. You need to this watch this cat. This film was terrible, but Netflix greenlit the sequel <laughs> two days after it dropped. Oh wow! They were like, "Yes, make another one." Oh, and it was eager. like, "No." That's so weird. And according to like Joel Edgerton, the sequel will take place outside of LA with like international flavor. And that makes me work. So I'm like, are they going to make like Italian orcs and like give them accents? Because I'm not looking forward to this. Or like, if they go to like Asia, because you know, this is going to be tied to the anime. They might like, have to go I'm to Tokyo. I'm really annoyed or by this film. Shanghai because, or Singapore. Because it's like, or yo, like, Seoul. y'all, like, it's one thing to say, great, people can exist anywhere on this planet and have accents and cultures. That's fine. But you are saying in this world, there are orcs and the orcs come from an orc place. And unless there was like a transatlantic orc slave trade, these orcs should not be out here with like vast accents and like like culture mooching. And it's like, what do y'all like? They, you didn't explain this world enough to like dictate. Yes, the orcs uh, went from being shunned and from their own tribes to fully integrating and developing various accents and cultural norms of like, the culture around them within the span of let's say 40 years or however long it's been like you gave that us the like like logically. great token world of like they sense. exist they fought with us which means they had their own hierarchy their own system and then after that once their dark lord was gone they fully integrated and were like the gangsters of our universe What's and are now like y'all could have done the work you could, you could have done the work to Yes, they're part of the community, but you have done the work of like they have their own things and those things we're going to look into their books. We're going to try to develop them out like how they would dress or style themselves based on like the world they're coming from. Instead of being like, cool, like they live next door to like black neighbors. They're all going to wear grills, go chains, Timberland boots tall skinny tall pants tall 40s it's just like y'all just copy pasted black culture onto orcs i'm like great we're good to go start them up literally i know you keep saying it's tolkien but literally if tolkien was alive and he was writing movie uh scripts (laughs) he would have wrote the orcs 
like they would have their own cultural culture in modern day society have still have their own language still have their own systems still have everything regardless of them being shunned from the other um fantasy creatures and from humans they would still maintain because if there's one thing i learned from world of warcraft is orcs are really proud of who they are and they are very uh in tune in what they do and in their ways so you're gonna tell me in this movie within 50 years they're gonna be like let's ask black because that's just how it is that again shows me the type of writers who wrote that David Iyer. And this is why I don't trust them because it's not a reliable, credible source for you to even know that. You're literally just slapping on um, like stereotypical things that make a movie seem like it would be good to the the majority, which is the white eye. And it's like, it literally doesn't make sense. Even if you are white and you see this movie, but you understand the logic of cultural and just even the fantasy culture like the the different races in that does it make sense that for for you to have a modern day modern story and you're gonna have humans with other fantasy creatures living side by side first of all when it comes to fantasy like they other creatures don't look at each other by race or color it's neither the thing they they look at each other by you're an orc you're an elf da, da, da. so it's kind of like a race but they're not looking at color and the thing with this movie is they put color on a fantasy race which doesn't make any sense because clearly you don't know what an orc is period like i mean going back to tolkien Tolkien had their orcs. We knew orcs were elves that kind of went the dark way. And so people always felt had a, uh, a certain kind of way of how orcs were treated because they were basically darker elves that just went bad. Um, that's another story. But it wasn't like he made them all be from South Central. <laughs> South Central orcs up in uh, Mordor, really? Helping Saruman? Like, does that make sense? No. You know, like, no. He... He did his own thing within the realm of that thing. I think what Bright was missing, so many things missing, they didn't a establish black the rules. Yes. <laughs> That's what missing. Having, having a, a single black, black writer, person to be like, having a smart what are you person, trying to period, do? Smart person, period, to write. Because how are you going to, again, <laughs> put stuff on top of stuff because in your head it makes sense, but it just it uh, it's gross it's disgusting it's disgusting like well it's this it's, is why i'm so mad at that movie yeah. and it's having well, a sequel it's a <laughs> it's a white director really trying to like tap into like wokeness and this is why wokeness yeah. is made fun of because this is what you get you get a white director who's like i'm gonna make a film about race but about like a orc race i'm gonna i'm gonna make it about how they're the minorities and how like minorities need to come together because like they're all the same and a way to explain that look at these orcs they're they're all of you they're black they're hispanic they're you're all the same and at the end of the day it doesn't matter what race you are you want to fight against bad things and it doesn't help that he's done this these kind of films before where it's like cool like i'm gonna have like two different race cops who come together one of them's from like another race and it's like oh you don't understand my race and by the end of it's like oh we came together to like solve this big crime and it's like all your films have the exact same tone and let's be real as much as like training 
Training Day is a great film. Denzel should have gotten an award for his other films he did. And he yes. definitely is fully aware of like the one film I got an Oscar for. I played a black gangster like that isn't something that he is worst. like fully prideful <laughs> about. It's like it's, right. it's really telling that in America and in the Academy, I got my Oscar when I played a violent black man in a movie about cops and police officers like this this man was in glory this man was in remember the titans he was in uh john q he was malcolm x he was in plenty of films where he put in so much work and effort (laughs) and it's like again he put an effort for uh training but it's like it's really telling that the one time like that one of the times he's acknowledged for his amazing career it's like he was a great uh cop in training day where he was like shooting people and like uh he was like it's like yo like this film exists for a specific audience which is the white audience and this is what literally bright was made like hey like white audience like do you ever really want to understand race well guess what i'm gonna put some like fantasy creatures like oh now i get race now because black people are like orcs you know that yeah they're violent but they're misunderstood and like Mm. white people are like elves because literally all the elves are white in this film and maybe we'll see a difference maybe we'll see a black elf in the next one but it literally was very telling that all the elves were very european looking And all the orcs were given like thuggish features, gold tusks, Uh, and chains. And it's like, David Ayer, we see what you're doing, and it's not not okay this is not this is not an okay film to do he's gonna bring on black elves in the bright too and they're all gonna be african and african in quotations because you know it's a country to them and not a, a continent or they're gonna be like jamaican or something and they're gonna be like we're international so we'll see what they're gonna do with it and i'm like again you can't you can't portray the black american experience we see that so now you have to go outside that to be like hmm what's something that's black but then we have a little bit more more pizzazz let's just let's choose let's choose from another country and i bet you them black elves are gonna have like either european accents or like nigerian accents jamaican accents, something to make them stand out and give them something to you know be like this is a character well, it's joel so said they would have international flavor so potentially right and i'm yeah. gonna be like this is this you didn't do anything yeah. and will smith so you were bad. in after earth you would think you would be like i need to stop being in bad movies and like you would think jay would be like hey will so i, see that. I, I saw see bright Let's talk, Will. I don't think you should be in the sequel. Like, Jada, would you, you, you think Jada would be like, hey, cool, so this doesn't look good for us. Jada like, this... don't care. <laughs> She's and it's like, like I, got, I got my Emmy, my daytime no, like, Emmy mind, for Red They table. always, like, have a whole <laughs> talk about, like, you know, being a black person. It's like, cool, you obviously understand the experience, and you've had table talks with white people explaining racism, but it's like, right. you know your husband wasn't bright. And bright. <laughs> about to get a sequel and like you would think you'd be like so we had that table talk with that white woman to discuss race with her and like fully air her out on the red table talk it probably doesn't look good as a unit if we're out here advertising bright too where there are these like racist caricatures on screen mm-hmm. that you were acting beside of not to mention you're like 
what second or fourth line of dialogue was fairy lives don't matter exactly like, that's why i said it needs to be on the red table i am i wasn't lying it needs to be a red table episode let's talk about the time we made this movie and why you're in the sequel why did you say that you being on here is making it okay for them to make movies like this as we're uh, obviously collectively trying to make more content aka like we we, yeah. we see watchmen we see lovecraft country we see so many other brilliant movies that have a really diverse set or mm-hmm. have really strong black lead characters but you're still doing the 1990s dance because will's forever stuck in the 90s i don't know i feel like that might be a well, midlife crisis but he wants to be for everybody. why are you doing it why are he you wants doing to it? be like the non-threatening black guy for everybody like that's you're his, threatening me by he's just like hey like, yes to be this movie i got the middle of the road i don't want to like say anything that makes me like two left or two right. So like, hey, at the end of the day, like movies are fun. And like I'm in movies to have a good time. It's like the like the lane of thinking is like like I'm not gonna like pick a side. <sighs> You're there mm, being indecisive. I, I feel like it's a quote about that. I will being say this. indifferent. If because again, people are gonna see this movie not because of Joel, because again, he's a great actor, but like name brand doesn't have that taste. <laughs> I gotta say Joel <laughs> Like, oh my God, just make but his actor. name, his name isn't gonna pull you to a movie. If 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 someone put out like, hey, this movie, King Julia starring Joel Edgerton, is that gonna pull you in? Probably not. But if you're like no. Will Smith, it's like, oh, Will Smith's in that. Let me look what? into it. So I feel like Netflix like <laughs> is absolutely going to write a check for Will. Like, Will, I know you might be having some reservations. Here's a double check. Like, you can't leave this project. Which why which why they keep calling it Will Smith's Bright Two. Because like, yo, this movie is about you and we need you in it and i'm thinking that if will at some point has like a crisis of faith his character must die at some point in the movie like maybe 20 minutes in no so he can be like i'm out marlon i did it and i'm out like i feel like i feel like i I feel like like it's been it's been like almost four years i feel like if he's like okay brett who's coming up and like he's had years to look at it like this is not my best work and they want me to be in a sequel. I like I'm I'm already trying to duck and dodge as many of these bad scripts as possible and be in like pieces about people, which like I'm really good at. I feel like if he is on the fence about this role, I truly think he is going to have them like, I need you to kill my character within 20 minutes of the movie or 30 minutes of the movie so he can bounce, so he can right. at least save face of like I but left Marlin. early. Like I got out of here. That's what I'm thinking. Like I'm thinking like and I'm hoping. That he at least, like, I'm bowing out 20 minutes in. Like, I can't be in this. This is a bad movie, but I don't want to, like, hurt my friends. So I'm going to still have my name on it. But then I'm going to leave. And we see this, we've seen it done before. We're like, people have put, that's what like, gonna say. Like, have put that's like, a star's name thing. on a film. And then they're out. Like, for, like the movie I think of most is um, uh, Stomp the Yard. Starring Chris Brown. Dead oh in God, 10 minutes. Good example. Dead, Dead in, in 10, 10 minutes. minutes. And it's like, you put this man in every piece of a trailer about this film. And it's like, boo, he's out. And it's like, oh, y'all are some dirty bastards. You knew what you were doing. That was a good twist, And though. films do that. So I feel <laughs> like if Will Smith has had time to be like, this film is terrible, which I hope he has. I mm. think they're going to really push him. And I'm going to be looking at all these scenes. Like, are they during the same? Like, are they all during the day? Are they all at night? It's like if they all have a common out, is he is he wearing the same piece of clothing in every single one of them? Because if so, he might not be in his movie for extra long. It might just end up being Joel Edgerton and like some other character. But like we'll a see. Girl. Will Smith, get out. 
Jordan Peele. <laughs> Get out twice. That was that Get was out, the message. Man. This is not but the film for you. Get I, out, like, Marlon. But you know, Will Smith's thing is uh, building up the Messiah complex or martyr, and then dying for the greater good over some white saver stuff. You know. So for you saying that, they might actually do it. Now that you yeah. said it, they make the orc slash minority character the hero, even though it's played by a white man. Da, da, da. Which is what my sorry, we're done after this, but that's honestly one of my biggest issues. Like this white man's played a majority character so quickly. And here's the thing: is like he's he not in blackface. This character, he's, he's, first he's of not all. in blackface, but he's in technically face. he's an orc face. It's like you're playing a minority character as a white Dark man. Face. This whole thing is weird. This whole thing, and he's like, I'm a minority. And it's like ah, you like I'm European white. You like the OG white at Joel. Black people things really Joel. <laughs> Are you serious, Joel? You're having discriminations issues, Joel. I just make you. I just. I feel like you're just making I'm me feel okay, like I'm. I'm Marlon is so done talking about this because this is going to be a, like, like a two-hour-long like, podcast. So Lauren's dead. We're getting there. This is why I said five-hour rant. Like, Amy, I know you didn't say that, but this is here. It's a preview. I am this not is a preview. Five-hour episode. Looking for. <laughs> <laughs> telling you there right now. Happening. I know, but I was just saying, like, we can go on. Like, you guys can this go movie, on. I will just leave. This, this was four <laughs> years ago. I feel like 2017 was a bad year because I feel like that was the same year Fallout 76 no, came out, it, too. And the themes just keep coming back. Me and Marlon just didn't have a good year that year. Came. And that was the first year of You Know What. So we don't, we're not talking about that. Oh, we're not talking about that. <laughs> the 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 orange one taking over. That's that time of year. That was a dark time, and bright came out. The darkest and did well. of times. The darkest of times, where a movie about fantasy race <laughs> relations did amazing on Netflix. That they were already signing for break two two days after it dropped, and it was trash. But hey, we're gonna make trash part two. And on top of that, we're going to make a spinoff trash anime. Now, to see if it's trash or recyclable, I don't know. We're going to see next month on on Netflix, but... Oh, it's next month? Oh, my God. The anime is... Oh, God. Um, again, it has some stuff that I liked from the Bright movie, but it is taking place in Japan. They do have a more diverse cast doing the voices. The, anim- the animation's kind of wacky to me. We'll see. I will review it for y'all and let you know what's up because Maybe will watch it too. This never ends. Now when Bright Two comes out, I'm not watching it. Really? Really? You're gonna have to like really persuade me to. Amy, watch the first movie. I don't. <laughs> seeing the first movie so was the reason why I didn't watch. I don't the, want the, to. Seeing that movie made me realize, like, I remember Suicide Squad had already been out and stuff, and it kept coming on over and over again on HBO. When I saw Bright, and then I found out that dude did Suicide Squad, I was like, I'm not watching Suicide Squad. But then, mm-hmm. just to make sure I made the right decision, I watched two minutes of Suicide Squad one day, and it was a scene with Hat Will Smith. He literally did something that was very similar to the Fairies' Lives Don't Matter scene. I was like, yep, yeah, not missing much. Not watching mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. And this is why the real Suicide Squad movie came out this year. That was the movie that counts. So. That's why Bright 2, your girl's not going to be there. 
And I'm so bummed that Raymond missed the r- the race episode. <laughs> He'll be back for more. Slash margin call. There's so much. There's so much to talk about <laughs> of this. Um, yeah, there's just so much to talk about. I mean, it's okay because as long as, as stuff like that is out, then we have to look to the positives of better fantasy stuff that's having that's actually adding on more diversity like Lord of the Rings the TV show I'm not going to go too into it but they are having more diverse characters in their show so they've hired black actors they've hired I want to see some Pacific Islander actors and to be characters so that this makes me really interested of like okay Tolkien did originally write that but I love the idea because we did talk about there was a whole race of elves that the movie didn't show. That's in the book. They live more. They live, I think, more north of Mirkwood, where Legolas comes from. They more they hail more from like the deepest of woods. There's a whole race of just darker elves, and I'm curious to see are these the elves that we're gonna see on the new TV show? Who knows? But comparing that to Bright Two, I'm just like, see, they they get it. Like they understand original. Mat- Material and they're just trying to make it more uh, relatable and more fair for everyone. And I know people are going to be so upset because, you know, that's not how it's supposed to be. Well, I don't care. You know, if I see a character and she's a elf girl and she's black, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm going to be for Halloween next year. Um, like, it's, it's just that simple. And to see even The Witcher having more uh, diverse characters, like, it's... It's it's the it's the dawn of everyone being represented in more fantasy, and I'm for it. And um, Bright just even though it was four years ago, they were just still stuck in that '80s '90s mindset, and so that's why we're just like the sequel that has yet to be announced. I don't know what they're gonna do with that, but this anime, curious because even if they do make it diverse and have more of a Asian representation. I'm really hoping they don't go towards stereotypes because that's one thing Netflix does is we have diversity, but we're still relying on stereotypes. I think kind of like Marlon went into uh, when he was talking about Kate and they're in uh, Tokyo and they kind of still play with the Yakuza and the... um, you know Japanese stereotypes and that was such a big plot thing going on and so it's like they they're still trying to get the kinks out but the representation is, is trying to get there you know so that is that those are those are my two cents on bright dark elves and a uh, future representation of fantasy because it's happening but it just still needs to be reworked. I don't know how to end this. <laughs> and with that said, <laughs> for like this should be Mars Corner. Um, so with that said, is there anything else we want to add on to our beautiful side spinoff amazing episode show? We thank you for listening and tuning in, folks. Uh, we'll see you <laughs> next time. Where we're going to be back in the corner on Marlin's Corner. And I'm going to say, hey, thanks for making our show the show of the day for you. Find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can just Google Geek Force and follow to your heart's content to those sites. That said, um, 
don't watch Bright if you haven't watched it yet. But definitely do check out other amazing fantasy things that are out there. Uh, there's so much coming out, so definitely take your time to do that. And also, and always, geek on. This episode of Quest On Media's Geek Force was produced in Richmond, California.